Hi, and welcome to another episode of Word Up. My name is Erin, I'm your host, and my show is all about healing and healers. And I am so happy to welcome a healer to our show. I'm over the moon. I'm so excited to have you on the show, Kelly. This is Kelly Legamaro. I'm glad to be here. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Thanks for being on the show. And Kelly is a healer. Uh, she is an intuitive, and uh, she's a wonderful dear friend of mine. I'm so excited to have you on. And in honor of Halloween and Day of the Dead and All Souls Day, um, Kelly is here to talk about what it's like to have been a mortician. And um, you were you raised your kids in the home where the, the mortuary was. I actually and, did. Yeah, and I'm just, you know, in honor of Halloween coming up and, and honoring our dead and honoring our beloved, you know, passed on members of our families. Can you talk a little bit about what it was like to, you know, host families and to work with the dead? I yes. Mean, it's such an interesting place because you worked between two worlds, really. I did. Yeah. And I really loved it. It um, It's something that I chose early in life, which surprised me. and In high school, right? Yes. Yeah. So my senior year, my religion class was death and dying. And at that point, I thought I'd be a nurse. I knew I wanted to be a caretaker because my whole life was taking care of alcoholic parents and being in charge of the cooking and cleaning. Yeah. So I had it in my heart and soul that I wanted to take care of people. Yeah. And the choice I made was interesting and somewhat strange at the time to most people because it was this religion class that made me think, well, I don't want to be a nurse because then I have to give people a shot. <laughs> and you didn't want to and, be doing shots. Yeah, and like <laughs> I have to make people cry. And I didn't want to make people cry, but mm. I knew I wanted to help. Because you, you're a very soft soul and you're really um, aware of other people's feelings and you like yes. to lift people up and not do anything that would be hurtful Yes, and sometimes that's the difficult part, being an empath in this world, when you pick up everybody else's feelings. And you're a very strong empath. Strong. Really good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Kelly also happens to be a, a very strong medium. She's an intuitive, but beyond intuitive, she's a medium and really great with channeling angels and channeling those of um, our loved ones that have passed on, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which has grown the older I got. I didn't realize back then when I was young that these gifts would grow into something that big because really I chose it to help the living. Mm-hmm. And my experience of you, Kelly, um, and having read you, and um, if you don't mind my sharing this, but uh, sometimes the dead would kind of hang around you because they had received such a healing in death that they had never received in life or had gotten a hello or recognition from you, even though they had already been deceased. You working with them and you know being a mortician and working with their bodies you gave so much love to them and to their families. And so they would hang around and be like, I like you. Yeah. <laughs> and I really didn't realize that until I met you and several others that work in this field. Thanks, Kelly. <laughs> well, I, I, I really didn't. Really, I was just going through my everyday and not realizing. And I think the older you get and the more spiritual you become the more you and realize. the more faith that you have in whatever you have faith in in this world, mm -hmm. it just grows that much bigger yeah. that you can just feel and love that energy of anyone. But at the time, it was really to help the living. And the older I get, it's you saying or others saying that just being light, if you're love and light in this world, 
it's not just for the living, but also the deceased tend yeah. to come and attach to me because they can't get to the light. They don't know how to get to the light. And these are my own personal beliefs, but I think some can't get to the life because of some of us here. We hold on so strong that it's hard for them to let go. It's hard they for them. They want to make sure the family is okay. Yeah. Is that it? I really do believe that mm -hmm. in that, you know, I would be making funeral arrangements with families and all of a sudden we'd just be talking. And that was a big part of it. Just really listening to people and letting them celebrate their loved one's life lived. It's mm -hmm. the most important time in life that people don't really talk about. Yeah. And really planning a funeral is like planning a wedding. Everything's the same. Really? But people I never thought about it that rush. way. And it's, it's, it's a business, but it's not because people really are faced with the most important person, the person they love most, yeah. dying. And they don't know what to do and people don't talk about death. So the time comes and it's, scary yeah and it's so rushed and you were such a comforting force for the families and for the the deceased i pray i was i really <laughs> do believe i was it, i would go with the flow of how the family was some would cry some would laugh and you'd have to go and there was no mistake that the loved ones would be present there'd be times that I had and to talk about money. And I, I'm not challenging you in any way. I absolutely 100% believe you. It's just so amazing. And the families would know it too. Yeah. Because there's no way around talking about money. Unfortunately, it is a business. Mm -hmm. There's expenses at the church, at the cemetery. There's clergy. There's flowers. There's meals. Just as I said, it's just like a wedding. Because mm -hmm. everything is the same. But it's done in 24 hours versus a year Six or two to plan a wedding <laughs> and so people are just stressed and it's the worst time in their lives yeah. and they would be present because I would have to talk about well the cemetery cost is this and my calculator would start going off by itself or oh. there there'd be signs like that and it wouldn't be just me that would know it the family would say that's my husband that's my dad so you would hear he this wouldn't want to spend money Pretty much daily there'd be some signs, but it just was normal to me. I didn't really think anything of it until the older I've become. So you were walking this beautiful line between the living and the, the deceased, and you were healing both sides, really, and making, in many ways, a bridge. Yes. Yeah. I do believe. And, and what's so interesting to me is you were raising your kids in a funeral home. I did. Can you talk a little bit about that? Like you started yeah. young. I, I started in the funeral business at 18. Um, my parents were alcoholics and kicked me out at that point. So it was the best thing for me, honestly. Wow. Families would say, how can you do this so young? But I think being in that situation in the way that I was raised is why I did end up where I was. Mm -hmm. I had experiences that I could share with people that others didn't at my age. And just that connection and that beauty was amazing. So I decided I wanted to go to mortuary school, and I went at 18 and started the business. That's it. That's A really lot of young. funeral homes have people live in them because we want to take care of their loved ones in the middle of the night to know seven. that someone's there 24-7. Yeah. Or if a death occurs in the middle of the night, someone's there in the funeral home. Wow. So when I went to mortuary school, I was also blessed to live in a funeral home because... She had a home. Right. Yeah. And it was a place that you lived inexpensively, sometimes free, to go through mortuary school. So as life brings us our tumbleweeds, I went through a divorce. And my children were very young, two and one. But again, I had the opportunity to live in a funeral home. 
So my children and I lived above a funeral home for several years. So. And it was a three-bedroom apartment above a garage that held the hearses. And we were very blessed. But it really taught my children and myself a lot about life and death. So they're two in one growing up, all this liveliness and life and the toddler growing up around death. And so what, yeah. what was that like raising your kids around the, the feeling of death? I mean, it, it was rewarding, and I see it even more now that my children are grown. They're 23 and 24. Mm-hmm. And, and they're sensitive souls. They're sensitive souls. They're beautiful <laughs> souls. Yeah. I couldn't be more proud of how they reach out to people. My daughter is a special ed teacher. Wow. Their hearts are there. And I think it is because I showed them that sympathy and empathy. Yeah. We would have rituals, and every night we would go downstairs, and I'd say, okay, we have to go say goodnight and say prayers so that we can send Mr. So-and-so, whoever was there, to God, to the light. And it was kind of my job just to check things, to make sure that the flowers and everything was locked up, the safety, but we made it a ritual. And as a family, we would kneel at the kneeler and every night we would pray for whoever was there. So it, it really is beautiful. And I'm just proud because my kids are going through such, so much now. Their grandfather had a stroke and aunt had a heart attack. Mm-hmm. And just to witness them being so young, yeah. yet my daughter be able to be the one to sit and hold her grandfather's hand who's non-communicative mm-hmm. and be able to talk to him. And he can see the light on this side because she's not giving up. Oh, wow. She knows. Yeah. It's just it's talking. Yeah. And just being you here so that they know you're present and love them here mm. or there. That's beautiful. And one of the stories I remember um, you you talking about uh, them coming down as they got older and would come down the stairs for their <laughs> oatmeal or yeah. whatever their breakfast was in the morning and how they would have to, uh, like, not have to, but part of the ritual was blessing the dead in the morning mm-hmm. on their way to breakfast. Yep. And... Um, We had many rituals just to make sure everything was okay, but to really just show love and respect to mm -hmm. living and dead. So if anyone's watching this and wants to maybe honor their loved one, um, you know, with All Souls Day coming up and and Halloween and um, the the days after Halloween where we honor our loved ones in the Day of the Dead, like any, any tips you would have for someone who wants to honor a deceased loved one? So maybe even as they're watching this, someone's coming to mind. Yes, and this time of year, with becoming in tune, the more I have. Right now, they're so much closer than normal. The veil truly does thin, I believe. Mm -hmm. So they are closer. More strongly. Yes, but I do believe no matter what, your loved one's souls are always with you. They could be with God, but they're always with you, and just talk to them. Still send them love. No mm-hmm. sadness. Everyone wants to live in love. Yeah. Everyone wants to live mm-hmm. in joy. And even your and you loved ones that. that are gone, they don't want you to be sad here. They don't? They want you to be happy and living in light and love. And love is the answer. Mm-hmm. They want you to be a walking light bulb and just spread who they were. Not just this time of year, but every day of the year. Because yeah, they're still with you. There's still a soul that loves, and they want you to love them and love life here yeah. until you can see them again, which I know you will. So, so having good memories and, and remembering them well. Good and- memories. 
if they love to party, have a party, drink their favorite drink, <laughs> pretend they're with you because you know what? They are. And they may just show up and move something <laughs> in your house. Or you're, you're going to smell their smell. Oh. Or you're going to see just something end up in the refrigerator that wasn't there before. <laughs> they will leave you signs. They put their favorite drink in the refrigerator. <laughs> they can do anything. Yeah. You've seen a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They some things maybe you talk about, some things maybe you don't. Oh, I talk about anything. <laughs> And I can't even imagine, you know, the, the families being able to have your light and, you know, your goodness around them in yeah. that time. And you, you're not a mortician anymore, but you're still working every day with those who have passed on and you're still working every day with healing the living as well, I think. I am. I'm, I'm trying really hard <laughs> to, you, you know, life isn't easy, but death is part of life, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And... I think a lot of people are afraid of death. I can yeah. be honest, I'm not. Yeah, I'm. I'm not afraid of. Yeah, I. I don't want to go. No, <laughs> I'm not it's ready. It's part of but, life. It, yeah, and I think a lot of people are afraid, but it's like the next beauty step. is really. Yeah, and we continue to it? live. We're gonna live forever. We're gonna live eternally. I believe in that promise. Mm-hmm. And really, the truth is, for every one of us. Uh-huh. Live in love and joy now. No one wants anything more or less than that. That's everything. And if you are that, you're light in this world. Mm -hmm. And your loved ones can see that light and they're happy. Yeah. And you're... you're living that message. You're embodying that message. Even as you're talking, like it yes. feels so lifted not up. <laughs> not always easy, I promise. Yeah. But it, it is just walking and knowing. Yeah. And, and just that knowing of holding your head and just saying I love you to every person. Even if you don't know them, they feel that vibration. Yeah. And that vibration spreads a ripple effect here in life. But in the other dimensions yeah they're with us they're watching us and they want us to be happy well that's such a good message so our loved ones have passed that have passed on um want us to be happy yeah and and if we have a sense maybe that someone doesn't want to go because um you know maybe they passed Mm -hmm. on but they don't they haven't like i guess a phrase would be crossed over yeah. entirely because they're concerned about the living and like, are, is you know mom okay or is so and so okay? Yeah. What would you say about? Do you have any advice about that for like maybe how to help them? Because you've been on both sides of this. I really have, and you know, until the last several years, I didn't even know that that was a possibility. Mm-hmm. Right, as a funeral director, I was really helping the living bury their loved one and the souls going. It's so much more than that, actually, when yep. you think about it, because... And how do you see that? Like, how... Well, I see it in that because the older I have gotten and the more I've become closer to God, mm-hmm. those that haven't gone to the light tend to come to me, to attach to me. And you're I so light. feel it. <laughs> And that's what Aaron tells me. Yeah, Aaron's like, you're so light. They're coming. I'm like, what do you mean? Literally, I can feel a heaviness. I can feel the density. I can hear, feel my ears ringing. Mm. And so those are the signs for you. Yeah. Yeah. 
And and then what? They get they get stuck. They don't know where the light is. And I think they want to stay here. And yeah. yeah, I have to show them. I pray. Pray for your loved ones and tell them you love them and tell them it's okay it's to okay go to, to go. the light. Go to the light. And I'm always here and I can't wait till I see you again. And you may see them here because they can come to this plane I've experienced. So they can cross over but still visit. Oh, yeah. And what you're, you were saying earlier is you want them to help them cross so that they can maybe get anchored in the next step. Yes. Is that, Not to is get that how you stuck. see it? I do. Yeah. I do. How do you see it? Uh, um, I think I think it's a continuum, and I have seen that where maybe parts of the person, parts of their living stayed here, or maybe um, jumped part of into bed. an animal, mm-hmm. jumped in. I mean, witness of a lot of that. They or, or maybe they don't know they're dead. That I've seen that, or maybe um, another one is uh, they're kind of in the in between. Um, like they want to go, but there's also maybe a bad memory or a bad experience that keeps them stuck, or maybe the the loved ones worried about that bad memory mm-hmm. or worried about maybe a car accident keeps that person yeah. almost like in from from going over. Maybe not because they're so much invested in the accident, but they're worried about the loved ones, and then all of that thought so collects and causes the density. And sometimes I think that density is what a ghost is. And maybe like an unpleasant ghost, but then there are really pleasant ghosts too. Yep. That's there how I see both. it. It's like a continuum. And then, you know, if they can cross over, then they're like, hey, guess what? It's awesome over there. And I love you. And I'm still here with you. Yeah. But I've just, I, you know, it's um, like, the, like when you get an all pass to, <laughs> like if you have a gym membership, but uh-huh. you can go to any location at the gym, it's kind of like that. Like you cross over, but you can come back to exactly. this location or go to that location or. Yeah, I really you know. think they can. <laughs> I do. And when they get stuck, it, it can get difficult. And yeah. you're one that taught me that. Aaron just had to help me the other day. I went to lunch with a friend who said, I haven't told anyone this, but I went into a house and I saw this shadow and I mm-hmm. see it and he attached to me. And as soon as she spoke to me about it, I felt the mentor. Erin's the first person I call because she's an expert (laughs) at removing. But also you and Steve Terrell, who I know you've had on the show, wonderful. And he has a friend, Russell, who works for the Austin Police Department that talks to the deceased. So a forensic psychic? Yeah. Yeah. And you've taught me, just go to the light every night say a prayer for yourself for your loved ones but for those that have gone before you miss them but you love them and just say to everyone go to the light it's happy on the other side too and your happiness is really um what can be so transformative like your love and your happiness and your belief in the light is like when something like that goes oh you're the light right or you're really interesting but it hasn't crossed over then you like your belief in the light and your encouragement can be like, no, I believe in love more than I believe in you being stuck. Well, yeah, and then it helps them. What good does it do to think of any of the bad? Yeah. If yeah. you think them into happiness and send them into happiness, and that can the, change it. Like that's the healing right there. That's how I think you we have heal. to heal them while they're sick, while they're dying, and when they're gone. And that's your gift. Is it, 
that's um, like when that guy attached to you or that guy's ghost attached to you and that your gift is um, in believing that he can cross over or being like, oh, hi, here, let me help yeah, you. Yeah, you know? because he was stuck. And with your gifts, you were able to see that you saw he didn't have a proper burial. <laughs> I just confirmed no what you had already done. <laughs> and, yeah, so we together did a lovely ritual where we did. We gave him a proper goodbye and we prayed for him and mm-hmm. he went to the light, which yeah. was beautiful. Mm-hmm. So thank you for always being oh. there when I can't do it myself. <laughs> well, you did it. You had already done it. I was just reflecting back to you that yeah. it had been done. And because that's one of the things maybe that keeps people stuck from you know, being able to cross over is they believe more in the fear than the love. Yeah. And you're helping them, you help encourage them to be in the love and I think that's a big message for everyone for parents of children for yeah. us there there's so much fear based around especially with Halloween yeah. and the scary masks mm-hmm. and ah, like death is scary and there's a resilience to that too like if you maybe approach it the way you do yeah. and that you don't take it too seriously and it's like oh I can be scared but then I can right like, and, have it, a laugh. And, and it's not that death is fun but it, it's it's part of life mm-hmm. and we have to embrace and love and help the living and the dead yeah and you've come very much in your life you've come full circle where um you are around a lot more births and you're being very much drawn to babies yeah, the flip has been interesting yeah. the change so you've helped people cross over out of this life but you're also helping to bring yes. new souls and new what beings and new little what infants into this life what a gift yeah yes even in, you have people all over the place that are like, "Will you be my child's grand god godparent?" <laughs> well, I'm pretty blessed that I have several, but not that many yet. Hopefully, I'll have hundreds someday. Um, but yeah, the it, again, and they're very much in touch with you along the lines of the pregnancy and mm-hmm. how the pregnancy is going, and you sort of like. And it's interesting how God has worked in that. I don't know where it's come from, but women that want help in becoming pregnant and having a baby and somehow they come to me out Mm -hmm. of the will of god the light Mm -hmm. whatever but i believe anything in faith and love and if you keep your vibration there yeah then anything can happen. Anything can happen. Yeah. You're you're a master manifester. That's one of uh, how I've observed it is one, one of your you. many gifts on the planet is you manifest. And that's, I, I think, why some of the people are coming to you about the babies. And um, yeah. and even when you were a mortician, I didn't, I didn't find this out from you. I found this out from Steve Terrell that you were this best, the best selling mortician in the country, yeah. something like that. Like according to the numbers and yeah. not because you were trying but wasn't trying and had no idea but I worked for the largest funeral corporation in the world um, and we had JD Powers and Associates and surveys and they watched numbers and one day it was what are you doing I'm just talking to families mm-hmm. and really it's as I said before sitting listening mm-hmm. really taking in and getting to know their loved one and making that celebration of life all about them and that's all I did but gave every choice that families would want. I didn't hold anything back. That's their choice. Yeah. And with that, I was successful. And next thing I know, I'm asked to be training other funeral directors on wow. how to talk to people. Um, I missed the meeting with families, but I figured if I could help one person, because our company really tried to focus on what can we do different, right? 
it's just not that a cookie cutter. Touch. Yeah, mm -hmm. and it's just so important to help families. It's not just now. They need help mm -hmm. afterward. They need the guidance, especially mothers that lose children. Oh, yeah. It's not talked about. No one knows how to talk about it. And how do you talk to mothers who loss. lose children? I have to admit that's probably been the hardest part of being in my career because yeah, I, I had two pregnancies. And I would be nine months pregnant and have to meet with these mothers that lost oh, babies. Wow. And it was really hard, but I just would step out of myself and how, how can I help this family really make this beautiful for them? Whoa. And as hard <laughs> as it was, yeah. they didn't really see it because it didn't get past here was my prayer. And it seemed to work. And so many blessings I'll share one beautiful story and Please I hope do. it's not too much Please but do. it's one that touches me and so many people if it touches you we need to hear and it. <laughs> it it just shows that just continue loving and really just have your goodbyes and love the goodbye don't be afraid to touch your loved one living or alive to hug them while living <laughs> or alive and it was a mother who unfortunately she developed shingles while she was pregnant and Unfortunately, the hospital was busy and they put her on the orthopedic floor. So they over-medicated her and she lost her baby boy. And it happened to be right after I had my son, Connor. I was off for eight weeks and I came back. And it was basically the day after I came back, I had to do a disinterment. The baby had been dead about three years and the mom didn't have a chance to say goodbye, to hold the baby, to touch the baby, to get a lock of hair, to see the bracelet the hospital put on, mm -hmm. to see the blanket. They didn't give her that opportunity. And a lot of times husbands shield or, you yeah. know, the choices are so hard at that time, you don't know what to she do. Wasn't You're so lost. She, she wasn't. Yeah. And she came and said, I need to see something. No matter what it is, I need to see something. So I find myself my first, second day back to work and I have to go early in the morning to disinter this baby, take the baby out of the ground to see what oh, mom can what see. Oh, that's right. That's what disinterment <laughs> means is taking the baby out. <laughs> oh, I don't, I'm not laughing about that. I just, no, I, I'm sorry. And I, I, it's internal lingo, but mm -hmm. I, I've heard the, it. I just didn't the healing so. for the mom was God blessed in that I went, took that baby out of the grave and he oh. was perfect. Oh. There was not a flaw in him. And I was able to go home and get my son's clothes and teddy bear and dress them and put them in a casket and make prayer cards. So mom and dad and his big sister got to see him as a real baby boy. Just as he looked the day he was born and he was perfect. And every Thanksgiving, she would come and say thank you. Thank you for the gift of that closure of me being able to say goodbye to my baby boy. And I can say being in the funeral business, being a single mom, I needed a paycheck, but the real pay, just like you yeah. do, is that yeah. hug and kiss at the end of the day. Thank yeah. you for helping me through the worst time in my life. And for her, she had a bad memory for three years. But now, to give her that, that piece, that new picture of a beautiful baby dressed in swaddling blue mm. with a blanket with a teddy bear, there's oh, nothing Kelly. better. <laughs> So That's an just believable story. Live in love, live in life. This is who you are. Love. This is Kelly. <laughs> this is why I wanted her on the show so that she could share her love. Well, with thank everyone. you for having me.
Thank you so much. It's not an easy I, subject to talk about, but it's yeah. a beautiful. It, it, it's something we all have to do. It and here come all the doggies. The dogs. <laughs> um, so was there? I, I apologize. Was no, there no, no. Else you did the, the story with this. No, the but there's so many stories. Room. But that's just a, a beautiful story that I hope everyone can just, just really, really embrace. Each breath is a total gift and each breath in love (laughs) is a beautiful gift and I know it's not easy but only whatever you believe in has the plan God universe Mm -hmm. it's true when they say live each moment because you don't know but when that moment comes don't be afraid embrace the beauty knowing that your loved ones your angels they're all going to come with those wings and pick you up and just hope, mm-hmm. pray for that light. Keep being light here and <laughs> on that side. You are such a gift, and that, that story is so beautiful and so healing. And thank you for being such a gift on, on this venue, on the show. And wow. my hope is that the show just reaches people and helps them find healing and, and helps them find the healers that, that are right for them. And just thank you for sharing your light and for working with the dead and for working with the living and just shining your light on the planet. (laughs) Well, I have to thank you for your light because what probably most people don't know is without your light, I probably wouldn't be here. Oh, I... (laughs) I came to Erin because I needed light and was going through a hard time spiritually, emotionally, physically. I was waking up, which... Is a whole new episode. That's another episode. Waking yes. up was not easy, but <laughs> I almost jumped off a bridge in Geneva, and Aaron was the light that saw my light. And so, yeah, we needed you here. <laughs> God bless you for being here for all the healers, even the healers like me that are just waking up and don't know what's happening. Yeah, just, it's confusing. It's so it's confusing, and just and sometimes really sometimes it makes people almost think they need. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> That's because just, just know there are so many people just like you that want to be the light and just reach. Mm-hmm. You, you'll see light when you know it. Mm-hmm. And I thank God that you are my light. Oh, you're mine. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks for having me. And um, thanks for watching. And um, there, there actually, there's no. Um, a lot of times, I'll say, you know, this is how you reach this person. Kelly's a private person, and uh, <laughs> well, at this point, you know, she's. I'm not really private. You can always get to me, but you know. Yeah. Um, but there's no business to promote today. It's no just business to promote. Talking about your. But if you want me, I'm here. You can get me through Erin because okay. I just love to help people. She does out yeah. of my heart, and that's pretty much what I do. Is yep. I just try to walk. Spread your light to the world and spread light and love anywhere I go, whether it's church, the grocery store, and we got a ripple in love. (laughs) Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much. To the moon and back. To the moon and back. So thanks for watching, everyone. We'll see you next time on Word Up. Bye. Bye.